You all right? My name's Paul, I've got autism, and I make random videos based on my version of autism, the way my head works, and I stick the videos on the internet in case you fancy giving them a watch. And I hope you're doing all right. Um, don't adjust your sets. The room is dark um, because I've decorated it, but I will get to that because I want to talk about the importance of safe space when you are autistic. Um, but I will get to that. Uh, but I've got a confession first. This video I'm doing in a rush because I've already announced I'll do this video. And I have done the video. It's sitting on YouTube as I speak, ready to go at six o'clock tonight. But uh, I had a bit of good news. Um, and I thought, well, I want to share that. And you know me, I don't like to edit my videos. I want them to be as natural as possible. And um, I just thought, you know what, just redo it. Just uh Hopefully, I'll remember what I was talking about. That's always a bonus. Uh, but I had a bit of good news. But anyway, before I get to that or to build up to the good news, um, I've got to tell you about what's going on with me, haven't I? So I've told you for a year that my knee is knackered. You know, I was playing with the dog in the garden. I came in, I sat down, watched TV for an hour, tried to stand up, couldn't. And from then, until now, I've been in agony with my knee. It got a little bit better, but nowhere near. Where, like, every single step I take, I still felt it. It was still painful, um, but it was less painful. You know, so it never got better. It just got more manageable, whereas now it's not manageable at all. Every step, I'm walking like a pirate, like I've got a wooden leg. I'm just uh, hobbling around. You know, to stand up, I've got to really put pressure on the arms of the chair. To sit down, I just fall down because it's better for the leg, you know. Um, so it's been horrible. And I went back to the doctors a couple of weeks ago. And um, it's a horrible experience. I'm no good peopling anymore. You know, I went into the doctor's waiting room at nine o'clock in the morning for an appointment at ten past nine, you know, just in case he was early. And I didn't get seen till 10 o'clock, 50 minutes, sat there in a doctor's waiting room. It's like, you only started at half past eight. How delayed can you be? You know, and I think what bothered me is I realized how much I don't interact with people anymore. Like how much I don't give free time to be around others. So I was in this waiting room and then there's this guy on his phone. He gets a phone call. His phone is on full volume. And he's just stood there in the middle of the doctor's surgery going, yeah, mate, yeah, I'm just going to get done at the doctor's. Yeah, once I've done here, I'm going to go to Mr. Sanders' house. Yep, yep, I'm going to do that. And then if you do me a favour, if you just finish up corking the room, and then if you get it prepped, I'll be able to just show up. I'll be able to. I'll just be able to decorate. Yeah, if you can sort that out, mate, because once I've been... And I thought, shut up. You are in the middle of a doctor's waiting room. There could be people here about to go in and get some bad news. And there you are, fog on mouth, just shouting to everyone, no, all right, you're a decorator, I hear you, no one else cares. You know, and then when he finally shut up, I could just hear this noise in the background. And you know when there's, like for me, music is such a trigger because I, I grew up next door to drug dealers, next to scumbags, next to all sorts where they would just blast music all day. So when I hear a repetitive beat, my ears just hone into it like me, you know, my tism tingle, you know, just goes off like spider senses and I just hone in on it. And it was Baby Shark. 
you know, that really annoying song, uh, just so repetitive. And it, I looked over and there's a woman with her child in the sort of crash area where they've just got a few toys to keep kids distracted while you wait, you know, an hour for an appointment to roll through. And the song was just on repeat constantly. Like about 13, 14 times I must have heard it in cycle. And I looked and the kid was just playing with toys. And the mum was watching the kid playing with toys. Like, Who's that song for? I'm listening to it. It's, it's sending me up the wall. Your kid, your kid isn't a robot. It's not like they're just going to go and power down just because Baby Shark stops playing. You know, so between Foghorn Mouth and Baby Shark, Mum, it was driving me mad. You know, and I'm just sat there thinking, I thought this was a doctor's waiting room. I treat them like a library. Library? Library. Library? That place with books. I treat them like that because, you know, my phone's on silent. If I'm talking to anyone, I'm, I'm whispering. You know, and these people are just there treating it like they're in the middle of a pub or a creche or something. It just, I don't know. Where's the respect? You know, there's no respect anymore. And maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just getting older and grumpier. And I already know both of those things are extremely true. But I just thought, you know, maybe because I don't interact as much anymore, maybe because I've become very reclusive, maybe I've just, maybe now I'm noticing things that were always happening and I just didn't pay attention to them because I was a bit more resilient. But it drove me mad. And anyway, I got, there's loads of stories I could tell you what happened in that hour. I could do a, you know, one of these based on it, but I finally go and see the doctor and he's my favourite. Um, He's a good lad, but I rarely get to see him. And last time I was there, he, his prescription was a book because of my health anxieties, of which I have severe health anxieties. And um, I mean, you would if your best friend died at 32 of an aggressive illness, you know? <laughs> it just, uh, everything's the worst. But uh, yeah, I go and see him and he's like, what, what can I do you for? I was like, well, you know, my knee hurts. It's hurting more and more. It's never got better. I've done the mandated physio. I did above and beyond the physio. Because when I first went, I couldn't push a piece of paper with my foot forward on my right leg. That's how weak and damaged it was. I said, and I've strengthened the muscles. I've done what I can. But where the pain originates from, it is still there. And it's still just as bad. I said, and now I've had a bit more of a tweak to the knee. And now it just feels like it's grinding, crushing, pulling, popping, God knows what. I said, and every single step is agonizing. It is affecting my mental health. I was here maybe four months ago. You told me you were putting me forward for a, a scan. Um, you told me you were putting me forward for um, an appointment with the musculoskeletal team. Musculoskeletal team? Can't speak today. And um, I said, you know, it's been four months, and I know the NHS are striking because they want more pay, and I'm in the NHS's corner. They deserve more pay, you know? For those of you who are not in England, the NHS have been striking a lot because they want fair pay, because inflation rises more than your pay does. And for some reason, the country go, oh, no, we can't match pay with inflation. Why not? You're just robbing us otherwise. Um, so they've been after more money, and I agree, they deserve it. So I was just being patient. I was playing the long game because my pain is going nowhere. It's not life-threatening, you know? It's just very... Uh, life-altering um, and he looks on the system to give me an update and he goes oh um the referrals were never made 
Like, you what? What do you mean the referrals were never made? He said, the scan that you say you need on your knee, I agree with you, you do need it, but there was no reference of that recorded. The only thing that was raised was a referral to the musculoskeletal team, musculoskeletal team, and uh, he said that was raised by the doctor and the admin person never put that job through. And I said, well, are they getting sacked then? I said, because at the end of the day, what if that was something super duper serious? You know, you can't just brush it off because you can't be bothered doing your job. And I just said, well, I'll tell you. And he's, he, was kept, he was very apologetic. And I was like, mate, it's not you. If it was you, you'd know about it. It'd be, you know, steam would be coming out my ears. Um, I said, but can you, can you raise these? Can you raise these referrals? He goes, oh, yeah, I, I can refer them. So I just pulled my chair up a bit closer to his. I went, well, go on then. I said, I've been waiting a year for this. I've done everything you've asked for. And the person lied to me last time. And the only thing I was allowed wasn't put through. I need to see you do it. I said, because I need this. And he's like, oh, definitely. Yeah, that's not a problem. And he did. He just worked on it and sent it through. And that's where the good news comes in. Today, I got a letter through that on the 30th of March at 1945 in the evening, I'm going for an MRI scan on my knee. Yeah. Ah, the crowd went wild. I'm loving it. I am buzzing. I am so happy that's happening because if I said this has been very, very hard, I'd be underselling it. You know, because all I, you know, I have, I have very limited things I can do anyway because I can't just go out into the world. I can't go clubbing. Not that I would at my age anyway, but you know, I don't, I can't. I don't have a group of friends. I can't go to football matches with them. I can't go on, you know, holidays with friends and, you know, go fishing with people. Not that I fish. Um, you know, all these stereotypical, neurotypical things, they're not in my repertoire. They're not things I do. And I have to, you know, be reclusive because the world tires me out. And I had very limited things I do, but the things I do, I enjoy. And one of them used to be walking, you know, going out into the wilderness, finding, you know, a path off the, off the beaten path and just sort of standing somewhere. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but I used to play a game when I was younger where if you were ever in an area, which is usually quite heavily populated, and you are the only person there, you just pretend, you know, like, oh, I'm the only person left on earth. It's just me, or there's just one person in each continent around the world, and this is it now. It's just me, and then a dog walker appears and ruins it. Um, but that's another thing, you know. I, uh, you know, George is nearly he'll be coming up for two, and he injured me when he was one, you know, uh, or he was coming up for one. So he was obviously still getting training, still needed a bit of lead work, and you know, release off the lead and recall, and he's sorted now. I've done all that. And I want to take him hiking, you know, like I want to go up steep mountains, not mountains, peaks. I want to be able to have him sniff different terrain and just be out there in the elements. I'd love that. And then I get an injured knee and it's like, if there's a higher power, it's like, what are you doing to me? You know, you put me in a world I don't feel like I belong in. Everything I find difficult, you make everybody else find easy. And my only little things I enjoy, you steal them from me too. Cheers, big man. It's not fair. But uh, yeah, so this is hopefully the start of finding some answers for my knee. So good stuff, that, isn't it? Um, and if you've never seen me before, I've been moaning about my knee for a year. 
All right. So anyway, let's get on to the topic at hand. And I want to talk about the importance of safe space. Um, but I also want to talk about the importance of safe space strongly from an artistic perspective. Because, and even though I probably won't hit a thousand points, I know I've got in my mind. The reason I'm saying that is because quite recently there's been a lot of movement on social media in relation to autism. And what I've found is there are not many people talking about autism anymore. They're talking about autism and, do you know what I mean? They're talking about autism and ADHD, autism and OCD, autism and trans, autism and LGBTQ, autism and, they're just constantly adding it to something, autism and female, autism and black. And it's like, I hear you and I know why you're doing it, but what if we leave all the other comorbidities over there for a little bit? What if we take all the other differences and put them over there for a little bit? And we just focus solely on autism because you know me, I'm not an agenda person. I don't do agendas. I'm not interested in them. I've got nothing to push apart from an open mind and autism and safe space. Whether you're autistic and black, autistic and female, old, young, religious, non-religious, whatever, the bottom line here is that we are autistic, self-diagnosed, non-self-diagnosed, introvert, extrovert, whatever. The importance is autism. And I believe, you know, and I know I've had a go before, people always talking about the majority of autistic people, you know, using persuasive language. You know, I'm not a fan of that. But what I am a fan of is believing that there are things within autism that affect us all. And I want us all to win. And I think by segregating, separating, pooling, linking, it waters it down, you know, and show me anything in history where segregating and separating was a good idea. It isn't. I just think we should all be focused on autism as a whole, especially when it comes to things like safe space. You know, and this, this room right now, like I said, it's a different video. The walls are dark. But you know what this room is for me? It is my safe space. And the reason it's my safe space is because, you know, the house is, the house is a safe space, but this is like my ultimate safe space. And it's because the world doesn't belong to me, but nothing in the world belongs to me either. You know, I go to work five days a week. I'm up early, I go and do the job, I come home, I'm exhausted, rinse and repeat five days of the week, come home, exhausted, weekend I spend reclusive, and then hope I've gained enough coins to go back out in the universe again. You know, and people have said to me, you know, that's not living, that's just existing. It's like, it is, mate, but that's kind of your fault, you know, because, and you'll have to forgive me on this, but when you have non-autistic people, talking for autistic people. That's exactly the same in my world as a man talking for a woman about how painful periods are. Like, you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> so shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. And that's the same for autism. We've got the landscape of autism being managed and overlooked by non-autistic people. So they're going to get it wrong. 
You know, when you look at workplaces and the adjustments they do, I've said before, having a successful artistic person come and talk to us once a year via a Microsoft Teams meeting is not useful for artistic employees. You know, if Elon Musk shown up at my workplace and was like, keep working hard, it's like, well, even if I do, I'm not going to end up with your fortune, am I? It's just not happening. You know, and what I deal with on a day-to-day basis, you've got no idea. But then he never has, as he came from money. So, you know, they are not reasonable things to do. They are not things that work. Whereas what an autistic person would do if they were making them overriding decisions would go, extra holidays. I'm not saying they can be paid. You know, like... um. I think Spain have just introduced uh, like menstruation leave for women who are on periods. You know, they can phone in and go, look, this is a bit of a bad time. I need a day. And the employers are like, no worries. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I have bad days too where I can't leave the house for obviously very different reasons, but still they are valid reasons for me they are accurate reasons i would struggle too much the day will be detrimental to me i need to not come in and it not to affect my record or make other employees feel like i'm putting on to them we need that too we need to have that freedom to be able to say i need a day or an employer must be able to say look here are five unpaid leave days that don't affect your attendance record at work You can take them through the year when you want in a group, one by one, it's fine. But they are your days if you need them. That would be a massive thumbs up in my book. But the landscape is not designed by autistic people, which is why we have these tokenistic, silly things that are really not helpful in work, which then breeds the importance of a safe space. You know, and like this house, you know, is. It's three years old, but it still needs work done to it. And I had someone come in and get the carpets up in this room and check the floors because they are tapping, banging, cracking and popping with every footstep. And it drives me crazy. And because I've got this extended snagging period for the house because of COVID, I was like, can you check the floors? And they did and they've glued them down or done whatever. And it's less. It still happens, but it's a lot less. But because this is my safe space, I had to leave the house and I had to take the dog for a walk because I started feeling overloaded. I was, get, I was melting down, you know, because someone was in my safe space, my sanctuary, and it sort of all hit me at the same time. Like, I've made this room by default. I haven't realized why I've made the room until that moment. But people were in my safe space. I felt like a hunter who had other hunters in my lair. You know, they had found my safe space. They came to attack me and I I needed to run away. And I took the dog for a walk. Otherwise, I think I would have told them to get out the house. And the whole reason they were here was to do the floor. But I, I felt so invaded. I felt so unsafe. And I really felt like my only safe space in the world, my little postage stamp on the entire earth, wasn't safe anymore. And it really hit me. You know, it really hit home and, uh, you know, because the world, as I've said, you know, it's not designed for me. I am a, I am a passenger in a car and I'm not in control of where we go on our destination. Um, I read something on social media, something positive, actually, 
And it's not positive for the right reasons, but apparently like this 10-year-old girl was asked to describe her autism and she said, it's like I start my day as a fresh piece of paper. She said, and through the day, it just makes people screw that piece of paper up and it's all in a big bundled up heap. She said, and then when I get home, I neaten that paper out again, but you can still see all the damage. And I thought, wow, 10 years old, that is exactly how I feel. You know, so credit to her, whoever she was. But it's very true because, you know, being the passenger along for the ride to a destination we probably don't want to go, it's not easy, you know, and going outside, dealing with people, masking, it's tough. So when I, I need a safe space because I need to escape it all. And I know some people still feel guilty because they'll have people tell them, you know, oh, you can't be reclusive. You're meant to interact with people. People are social creatures. We're meant to interact. Um, you know, you can't, what, what do you mean you're going to be locked away for five days alone by yourself? That isn't healthy. You shouldn't do that. And some people, them sort of things live in the back of their mind. So even if they've created a safe space for themselves, they don't feel free to appreciate it because they have those thoughts in the back of their mind. But for me, you know, I am reclusive. I'm asocial. I get nothing from people. You know, I'm the sort of person that if I'm walking down the street and there's a smash, a crack, a noise, someone shouts, oi, or whatever, and every single person turns around. Do you know what I see? I see every single person turn around to see what the noise was because I don't turn around. I'm not nosy. I'm not interested. Unless that oi becomes Paul, I won't turn around because if it doesn't say my name, then it's not for me. I, I just, I am not social. I'm not rude. I just don't take things from socialization. So why would I socialize? If I want to lock myself away for five straight days because I'm in my safe space and I'm safe to do nothing, then I want to do that because nothing for me means something very different to neurotypical people. To neurotypical people, nothing means bad, negative, boring, must fill my time. Whereas people like me know what nothing means. And nothing means I don't have to go out. I don't have to mask. I don't have to pretend I'm interested in things. I don't need to interact for any purpose with anyone. I can do absolutely nothing at all if I choose to. And I can be me when I do nothing. The only time I can be me is when I'm doing nothing. And it's a freeing feeling. And if I wanted to sit here in my safe space and cluck like a chicken, moo like a cow, then I'm going to cluck away and moo away. Because if I'm doing something that cheers me up and might be frowned upon, might you know, if someone was stood at the door, they'd be like, what are you doing, you weirdo? But they're not at the door because I'm in my safe space. I could dress as a ballerina if I wanted to. I'd look a bit stupid, but who knows? Nobody, because I'm doing what I want to do, what I need to do in my space that is legal. It's not hurting anyone and no one's ever going to know. So free yourself from those feelings of things that people tell you when you want to do something that's important to you. 
the importance of safe space. People could tell me these walls are far too dark for them. Well, you know what you can do? Not paint your walls this color. I like it. Why have I gone for dark colors? Because dark colors calm me down. I feel content, relaxed, subdued around dark colors. I don't like light colors. I don't like the light. I prefer darkness over light. I prefer the winter over summer. I wear dark clothes more than I wear light clothes. There's a theme. I prefer the dark. So I've got this lovely dark gray blue color on the walls and I so happen to love it. It really suits the mood. It sounds like a them problem, not a Paul problem. So this is how I want it. So this is how I'll have it because it has to be my safe space to free my mind, to allow me to be me, the one person I'm not allowed to be anywhere at any time ever. Other people don't understand that. They won't understand what it means when I say I'm not allowed to be me because they might say, well, you're a good person. Of course you can be yourself. Don't be daft. Of course you can be yourself. When we go for that beer, be yourself. And then I show up in a ballerina outfit mooing. You know, it's it, it, people don't get it. That even if you are a good person, you still can't be yourself because you are open to judgment. People will assume you're being very different. And it's like, I'm not being different. This is really who I am. I've just been different for your benefit. So we can keep this interaction going. So I can say I've got a friend, you know. But safe space is needed. It is absolutely needed because we don't have anywhere else. And we have to create our own safe space because what's safe for me is different to you. My safe space is this room, is the color of these walls, is the way the room is laid out, is these lights. You know, this is safe space for me. Because if someone knocks at the door right now, the door isn't getting answered. Nobody comes in my house and nobody comes in this room. This room is off limits to everyone. The closest anyone will get is watching this because it's my safe space. And I have to give so much of myself to everyone all of the time that I'm allowed to be selfish and find my self-preservation in a safe space. Your safe space might be with somebody. Your safe space might be fresh water swimming, getting out into the middle of a lake, sticking your head under the water and screaming at the top of your lungs and then popping your head back out like nothing's happened. It's not about what your safe space is. It's about making sure you have safe space. You know, I, I speak to a lot of dads, you know, who are autistic via email. And they all say, I would love a, you know, I'd love a cabin in the garden, or I wish I had a room that was just mine in the house where I could escape it all. And it's like, do it then. You know, just sit down with your partner, sit down with your kids, sit down with whoever, and let them know the importance of safe space because you need to recharge to do everything for everyone again because the world isn't ready to live how we need them to be. But whatever that safe space is, whether it's just time away, whether it's one night a month away in a hotel, whatever it is, I personally do not care. What I do care about is that you have it. I care that it's something you consider where you put yourself first. You don't feel bad for having or needing a safe space because you know why you need it to do nothing, to unmask, to be you, to feel like you, because you deserve that too. The importance of having a safe space 
is something that is not talked about enough. You know, if I if I was into lava lamps, the room would be full of them. You know, if I was into pink, the walls would be pink right now. No. And I also chose this colour because it was between this and one very similar, but this one's called Gotham. And I'm a big Bat Batman fan, so uh, it won straight away. So once the flooring is done in this room, that is it. There will be no human ever again stepping foot in this room unless I drop dead in it and people have to cart me out. But then I won't know either. So that is around the corner for me, knowing that I will finally, finally, finally have my safe space. I will be able to feel free. I will be able to feel relaxed. I will be able to feel content. I will be able to make myself important. I'll be able to accept that what I want to do is okay to do. And that I don't belong to everybody else and everything else when I'm here. I belong to me and I'm important too. And if I need something, to survive leaving that front door every day, then you know what? I'm also entitled to it, just as you are. So get yourself safe space, whatever your age, wherever you're from, whatever you're doing, because to me, it is one of the most important things for autism. And there we go. I hope that made sense. And until next time, my friends, thank you very much for watching and keep smiling.